Section twelve of the French Revolution by Thomas Carlyle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Golding. The French Revolution by Thomas Carlyle. Volume one, book two, chapter eight. Printed paper. In such a practical France, let the theory of perfectibility say what it will. Discontents cannot be wanting. Your promised reformation is so indispensable, yet it comes not. Who will begin it? With himself? Discontent with what is around us, still more with what is above us, goes on increasing, seeking ever new vents. Of street ballads, of epigrams, that from of old tempered despotism we need speak not, nor of manuscript newspapers, nouvelles à la main, do we speak. Bacomont, and his journeymen and followers may close those thirty volumes of scurrilous eavesdropping and quit that trade for at length if not liberty of the press there is license pamphlets can be surreptitiously vended and read in paris did they even bear to be printed at pekin we have a courier de l'europe in those years regularly published at london by a de morand whom the guillotine has not yet devoured there too an unruly languet still unguillotined when his own country has become too hot for him and his brother advocates have cast him out can emit his hoarse wailings in bastille de Boyer, bastille unveiled loquacious abbe renault at length has his wish sees the histoire philosophique with its lubricity unveracity loose loud eleutheromaniac rant contributed they say by philosophedom at large though in the abbe's name and to his glory burnt by the common hangman and sets out on his travels as a martyr it was the edition of seventeen eighty one perhaps the last notable book that had such fire beatitude the hangman discovering now that it did not serve again in courts of law with their money quarrels divorce cases wheresoever a glimpse into the household existence can be had what indications the parlement of besancon and o ring audible to all france with the amour and destinies of young mirabeau he under the nurture of a friend of men has in state prisons in marching regiments dutch authors garrets and quite other scenes been for twenty years learning to resist despotism despotism of men and alas also of gods how beneath this rose-coloured veil of universal benevolence and astria redux is the sanctuary of home so often a dreary void or a dark contentious hell on earth the old friend of men has his own divorce case too and at times his whole family but one under lock and key he writes much about reforming and enfranchising the world and for his own private behoof he has needed sixty lettres de cachet a man of insight too with resolution even with manful principle but in such an element inward and outward which he could not rule but only madden edacity rapacity quite contrary to the finer sensibilities of the heart fools that expect your verdant millennium and nothing but love and abundance brooks running wine winds whispering music with the whole ground and basis of your existence champed into a mud of sensuality which daily growing deeper will soon have no bottom but the abyss or consider that unutterable business of the diamond necklace red-hatted cardinal louis de rohan sicilian jailbird balsamo cagliostro milliner dame de Lamotte, with a face of some piquancy the highest church dignitaries waltzing in walpurgis dance with quack prophets pickpurses and public women 
a whole Satan's invisible world displayed, working there continually under the daylight visible one, the smoke of its torment going up for ever. The throne has been brought into scandalous collision with the treadmill. Astonished Europe rings with the mystery for ten months, sees only lie unfold itself from lie, corruption among the lofty and the low, gulosity, credulity, imbecility, strength nowhere but in the hunger. Weep, fair queen, thy first tears of unmixed wretchedness. Thy fair name has been tarnished by foul breath, irremediably while life lasts. No more shalt thou be loved and pitied by living hearts, till a new generation has been born, and thy own heart lies cold, cured of all its sorrows. The epigrams henceforth become not sharp and bitter, but cruel, atrocious, unmentionable. On that 31st of May, 1786, a miserable Cardinal Grand Almoner Rohan, on issuing from his Bastille, is escorted by hurrahing crowds, unloved he, and worthy of no love, but important since the court and queen are his enemies. How is our bright era of hope dimmed, and the whole sky growing bleak with signs of hurricane and earthquake? It is a doomed world, gone all obedience that made men free, fast going the obedience that made men slaves, at least to one another. Slaves only of their own lust they now are, and will be. Slaves of sin, inevitably also of sorrow, Behold the mouldering mass of sensuality and falsehood, round which plays foolishly itself a corrupt phosphorescence, some glimmer of sentimentalism, and over all, rising, as ark of their covenant, the grim patibulary fork, forty feet high, which also is now nigh rotted. Add only that the French nation distinguishes itself among nations by the characteristic of excitability, with the good, but also with the perilous evil which belongs to that. Rebellion, explosion, of unknown extent is to be calculated on. There are, as Chesterfield wrote, all the symptoms I have ever met with in history. Shall we say, then, woe to philosophism, that it destroyed religion, what it called extinguishing the abomination, écrasé l'infâme? Woe, rather, to those that made the holy an abomination, and extinguishable. Woe at all men that live in such a time of world abomination and world destruction. Nay, answer the courtiers, it was Turgot, it was Necker, with their mad innovating, it was the Queen's want of etiquette, it was he, it was she, it was that. Friends, it was every scoundrel that had lived, and quack-like pretended to be doing, and been only eating and misdoing, in all provinces of life, as shoe-black or as sovereign lord, each in his degree, from the time of Charlemagne and earlier. All this— for be sure no falsehood perishes, but is as seed sown out to grow, has been storing itself for thousands of years, and now the account day has come, and rude will the settlement be, of wrath laid up against the day of wrath. O my brother, be not thou a quack, die rather, if thou wilt take counsel. Tis but dying once, and thou art quit of it for ever. Cursed is that trade, and bears curses, Thou knowest not how long ages after thou art departed, and the wages thou hadst are all consumed. Nay, as the ancient wise have written, through eternity itself, and is verily marked in the doom-book of a god. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, and yet, as we said, hope is but deferred, not abolished, not abolishable. It is very notable and touching how this same hope does still light onwards the French nation through all its wild destinies for we shall still find hope shining be it for fond invitation be it for anger and menace as a mild heavenly light it shone 
as a red conflagration it shines, burning sulphurous blue, through darkest regions of terror. It still shines, and goes sent out at all, since desperation itself is a kind of hope. Thus is our era still to be named of hope, though in the saddest sense, when there is nothing left but hope. But if any one would know summarily what a Pandora's box lies there for the opening, he may see it in what by its nature is the symptom of all symptoms, the surviving literature of the period. Abbé Reynaud, with his lubricity and loud loose rant, has spoken his word, and already the fast-hastening generation responds to another. Glance at Beaumarchais's Mariage de Figaro, which now, after difficulty enough, has issued on the stage, and runs its hundred nights to the admiration of all men. By what virtue or internal vigor it so ran, the reader of our day will rather wonder, and indeed will know so much the better that it flattered some pruriency of the time, that it spoke what all were feeling and longing to speak. Small substance in that Figaro, thin wire-drawn intrigues, thin wire-drawn sentiments and sarcasms, a thing lean, barren, yet which winds and whisks itself, as through a wholly mad universe, adroitly, with a high-sniffing air, wherein each, as was hinted, which is the grand secret, may see some image of himself, and of his own state and ways. So it runs its hundred nights, and all France runs with it, laughing applause. If the soliloquizing barber ask, What has your lordship done to earn all this? and can only answer, You took the trouble to be born. Vous vous êtes donne la peine de naître? All men must laugh, and a gay horse-racing Anglomaniac noblesse loudest of all. For how can small books have a great danger in them? asked the Sir Caron, and fancies his thin epigram may be a kind of reason. Conqueror of a golden fleece, by giant smuggling, tamer of hell-dogs in the Parlement Maupieux, and finally crowned Orpheus in the Théâtre Français. Beaumarchais has now culminated, and unites the attributes of several demigods. We shall meet him once again in the course of his decline. Still more significant are two books produced on the eve of the ever-memorable explosion itself, and read eagerly by all the world. Saint-Pierre's Paul et Virginie, and Louvet's Chevalier de Faublas, noteworthy books, which may be considered as the last speech of old feudal France. In the first there rises, melodiously, as it were, the wail of a moribund world, everywhere wholesome nature in unequal conflict with diseased perfidious art, cannot escape from it in the lowest hut, in the remotest island of the sea. Ruin and death must strike down the loved one, and what is most significant of all, death even here not by necessity, but by etiquette. What a world of prurient corruption lies visible in that super-sublime of modesty! Yet on the whole, our good Saint-Pierre is musical, poetical, though most morbid, we will call his book the swan song of old dying france louvet's again let no man account musical truly if this wretched faublas is a death speech it is one under the gallows and by a felon that does not repent wretched cloaca of a book without depth even as a cloaca what picture of french society is here picture properly of nothing if not of the mind that gave it out as some sort of picture yet symptom of much above all of the world that could nourish itself thereon. End of section 12. Recording by Greg Golding, Georgetown, Ontario.